multiples and multiples of what technology can do, but there's a cap to all that. But if you can give time back in your personal life and your professional life and for healthcare and make it less complex, trust me, there's plenty of stuff that we all can do to live better and a happy life. Welcome to the Disruptive Innovators Champions of Digital Business podcast, where IT and digital leaders from around the world talk about their careers, their inspiration, and their vision for the future of digital business. I'm your host, David Wright. The world of digital business is evolving faster than ever, and I want this to be a place where digital business champions create a village to band together and help each other navigate the ever-changing terrain. Disruptive Innovators features conversations with CIOs and digital leaders from around the world, diving into their personal backstory, career, their current role, trends they've been seeing, and their vision for the future, personally, professionally, and otherwise. This podcast is made for people who are seeing how quickly the digital business landscape is evolving. Those who recognize that it takes a village of trusted advisors to navigate this ever-changing terrain. People who enjoy listening to high-level discussions surrounding what it means to be a leader, real-world examples of challenges faced, and industry-specific strategies leveraged to create exceptional business outcomes. This episode is brought to you by Disruptive Innovations, a leading tech consulting firm that helps enterprise organizations with their IT strategy, process optimization, and workflow improvement. Contact them and find out more at disruptiveinnovations.net. Good afternoon, friends. David Wright here, and I am your host of the Disruptive Innovators Champions of Digital Business Podcast. And this afternoon, I am lucky enough to be joined by Kali Durgampudi. Kali, it's a pleasure to have you. David, great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really psyched to have such an esteemed digital executive on the show today. For those of our listeners who don't know, could you tell everyone a little bit about your current role? Yep, absolutely. Great to be here. Again, thanks again for having me. So I'm currently the Chief Technology Officer of Zealous. Zealous, for people that don't know, we are in the claims adjudication and payments business in the healthcare insurance industry. Healthcare insurance payers are a majority of our customers, but we also serve providers and consumers like all of us. I own all technology here, including R&D, information security, and you know what we call traditional IT. I've been here for about two and a half years, and it's been an awesome journey, both from learning aspect of it, as well as what we've been able to achieve, both as a team and as a company. Before this, I was at various healthcare IT jobs, but this has been a great experience so far on the payment side. I've been on the clinical side before, but this is on the payment side. For sure. Well, I want to hear more about your journey and more about what you guys are up to at Zealous. But before we jump into either of those topics, We'd like to start out with just one piece of actionable advice you'll look to give our listeners today. Yeah, I think one big piece of actionable advice is all about people and relationships. I talk about relationships, relationships, and relationships. And whether it's your team, whether it's your peers, whether it's your industry thought leaders like yourself, whether it is CIO networks, CTO networks, you know, grab onto all these relationships, but those are the most valuable ones and they're foundational to helping you build better teams and networks. Such good advice. You know, and it seems so intuitive, but for me, I have to work at it and really be actively seeking to build those really friendships, right? With individuals 
And coming from a place of, you know, what can I bring to the table? How can I be of service without expectation? And when I do that, it seems to just have this compounding effect. You know, the universe seems to provide, you know, and it's wild. So that's so, great advice. Yeah, so well said that exactly if you look at my life history of how I have been gone through where I have been and stuff like that four out of four of my jobs, three of them have been because my old bosses got me to the new companies. So that's just one simple testament. Second, if you look at like what people know me on my profile from a LinkedIn or a Chime or the board or any of this stuff has been all about relationships. And so I've been lucky enough to know people and they've fostered the relationships and friendships. Frankly, you know, I didn't get into Chime thinking oh, I would be a board member or I would be, you know, setting up Chime India. I just set up because it was one of those things where I found relationships to be profound and I have blessed with all of those. So. Yeah, so cool. So Kali, let's jump into that a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about how you started out and you know what your journey looked like leading up to now? So I grew up in India, in a very small farming community. My dad was the first one to go to college in the entire family. I thank my parents all the time because I was fortunate enough and they had the enough foresight to put me in an English medium school. So that is where one of the single biggest reasons that I'm here is because of the English medium school. Otherwise, it would be tough from a communication standpoint to do what I do. But from there, I came to do my master's here in Oklahoma. And from there, I went through a campus interview through Sprint from a telecom job for the first one. But after that, healthcare chose me. I didn't choose healthcare, but I was lucky enough for healthcare to choose me because then I went to Eclipsis, which is an EMR company, then Nuance Communications in the healthcare division. And then in Greenway Health, another EMR company. So those three are overall on the clinical side of healthcare. And as I said, three of those, because you know my managers took me to the new places. And Dallas is an also an amazing story because 12 years ago, my CEO at Eclipsis called me 12 years after we left our jobs at Eclipsis to say, hey, I'm at Zealous and I need some tech help. And at the time, I didn't know what Zealous did, and I didn't know what he was doing. And yet, we connected and turned out to be an amazing journey so far. Yeah, super, super cool. I know we touched on you know, one piece of actionable advice, but you know, along this journey, what's one of the most important things you learn personally or professionally? And what was life like before learning it and after learning it? So as I went through the journey of life, one of the most important things has been for me to just work hard, take the opportunities as you get it, and leave the rest to the universe. And so far, as you can see, I'm very blessed. I say that you know there has to be like a million stars for where I started to be where I am right now to align. And you know, really blessed. And and all that is not only because of the blessings from the universe, but also blessings from friends and family. All of that, people like you that have believed that there's meaning in the relationships, not because you know there's anything else, but other than just the meaning from a relationship standpoint. But one advice I would give is, I've coming from such a humble background to where I am, I've always been eager to get to the next step or the journey or chase success or what would next mean for me. And in the meantime, I forgot to enjoy the journey. You know, that is true for me when I travel from, say, here to New York, and you know, like you have to get to the destination fast, but I missed. So if there was one thing I could go back and tell myself, I would say, enjoy the journey, enjoy the learnings. There's more meaning. Of course, there are a lot of learnings that I remember, but I'm sure there are learnings that I forgot along the way because I was choosing to go fast 
from a destination and a success standpoint. So I would say chase the excellence, enjoy the journey, and the success will follow. Great advice. I mean, one of the great blessings of disruptive innovators of doing this podcast is the fact that I get to hear from such accomplished executives like yourself and others who reiterate this great advice. I mean, you know, the present is a gift for me, right? I mean, it's not guaranteed. You know, I don't know if I'll walk out of the office and get hit by a bus, right? So trying to stay present and grateful and humble, all such great reminders. But I have a built-in forgetter, right? I wake up and I'm chasing excellence. And if I'm not actively practicing mindfulness and hearing from colleagues and friends of mine who are kind of reminding me that that's just a huge part of my staying grounded in those philosophies, right? Because in my experience, I never have just arrived, right? It is truly true. Like every day is a blessing. Every day is a new day. Every day is a learned day. And every day is a growing day. And, you know, we're just lucky to be doing what we do on a daily basis. In there are as much learnings in what to do and also what not to do. That also you learn from that as well. And also the decisions you make today are impacting your future. So in some cases, even though a lot of people say you don't know your future, I actually believe that you can actually architect your future a bit. Trying to go to which college do you want to go to? Those are decisions that you make and trying to work hard and trying to you know, do the best you can. Like every day you have, you get up and if you decide this is going to be my best day of the week and you do that every day, you are making up that week a best week in the future. That's true. Uh, I love that. Let's shift gears a little, Kali. So what about one of the biggest challenges or, you know, a time that you failed at something, but you took away particularly profound lesson or learning from the instance? Yeah, I mean, I think there's been lots and lots of smaller lessons and things like that. But one of the biggest had been presentation skills, communication skills. Sometimes you only get one opportunity to be impactful and meaningful. You only get one disruptive innovation podcast like a year. Even though I have several board meetings, I can talk about a board meeting, but anybody can talk about any meaningful executive conversation or a podcast or any of those. You only have one time to make an impact. And I have learned the hard way of communicating in that way. You can't be too technical, but yet you have to be succinct. I'm still learning, by the way. I love how people come up with one-liners on the fly. And you know, I say this all the time. I don't have a creative bone in my body to be able to do that. People come up with like one-liners and one words and you know, that impress me a lot. And I'm still learning to do that. But from a presentation standpoint, you know, I've learned a really hard way of how to present to the board, how to communicate to the board, how to not lose people in the details, be meaningful, be crisp. So I always remind, be sincere, be honest, be open. And be crisp from that standpoint. And whatever comes from the heart, you know, usually is right, is true. And so that's the most important lesson I've learned is the communication skills along the way. Yeah, so crucial. You know, one of the most simple things I constantly need to be reminding myself is I can slow down. I could take a breath and then I can speak because my mind moves quicker than my mouth. So if, if I'm trying to keep up with my mind, I'm liable to trip over my words. I also loved what you said about presenting to the board, right? Because when I'm deep in the technology, you know, I need to be able to translate that into a language that the board and the executive team can get behind. 
typically impacting the customer, ROI. And I love that you mentioned succinct, right? Because one of my learnings has been oftentimes I'll put together these executive summary decks that are like 20 slides long, right? And I'm, I'm like, this is beautiful. Like, I think it's succinct, but somebody looks at it and they're like, Dave, like, we need like five slides. Great lessons. And I actually try that with one slide. So the most important lesson I've learned in the last few years on that is I've taken this exact philosophy of what you said and said, I'm going to make it five slides. And my CEO at the time looked at me and said, Kali, this is a five-minute board presentation. I need one slide of it. And I looked at him like, that's impossible. And he pulled up, to his credit, he pulled up his one of his old board presentations and he showed it to me and he said, this is what I want you to mimic. And it was so powerful that one slide had the information. In fact, I copied most of the words of the slide for that round for sure. And another example, by the way, I have is look at some of the leaders and visionaries LinkedIn's paragraph. That simple paragraph conveys almost a life story sometimes. And, you know, it takes a lot of time. So even my paragraph that I came up with took me weeks to generate, but it tells you a little bit about me, even without knowing me per se, just from a career journey standpoint. Yeah. Now, I love this dial. I mean, the last thing I'll add before we kind of get into a little bit about what you guys are up to at Zealous is, you know, I also have to know my audience, right? Both the level of the people I'm talking to, but also just what are they interested in? What's driving them? In recent years, right, I lost an opportunity because, you know, I put together what I thought was a really great presentation, fairly succinct still, but like I was telling them all the things that they needed to do. And they were RMS, but I digress. The other participant put together a one-page slide, and it was mainly about all the money that they would save. Literally, just one slide, you're going to save $3 million. And they made it look very simple. And they were like, yes, that's what we want. And it's just like, I need to meet people where they're at. And then I can walk them down the path. But if I'm not meeting them where they're at in that moment, you know, I'm liable to end up shut out. Yeah. Now, meanwhile, I got asked to come back. That is a longer story. So that's exactly what I mean. You only get one opportunity. It's not like you get a preview and then a real show. You only get like one shot. And even if there's a next board meeting, that topic has been discussed and is dusted and gone. Like there's no other opportunity to bring it back up. Like I can't sit here and go back and say, oh, you know what? I forgot to make a point last quarter. Can I make it again? That won't work. Right, exactly. Okay, so Kai, we're going to jump in to your current vision. Before we do, I always like to ask your favorite book, either that you've read, you know, recently or all time, whatever you'd like to share with our audience. Yeah, my favorite book is Extreme Ownership, written by an ex-Navy SEAL, all about not assuming things, taking more ownership than you traditionally would. By doing so, you are actually making yourself and your team extremely successful. And it actually has a whole bunch of my life lessons in there. Do not assume things. Always close the loop. Take more control. Take more ownership. And look at every other lane as a team as you are growing or running. And make sure everybody is coming along. You know, the team members don't lose other team members. Don't lose your own team. Don't lose other members of your company. And brilliantly, there's this example in the book where you know, like there's a team that's doing well and then there's a team that's not doing well. And all that happens is they swap leaders and all of a sudden the team that's not doing well is starting to do well. And so inherently, I do believe that everybody has their own capabilities and it's the leadership 
that needs to bring up those capabilities. And so he talks about that. And so it is an amazing book that I believe in. So I say own it, live it and breathe it from that stand. Love it. I'm going to add that to my list. Ownership is so crucial. I'm always trying to encourage that with my team. So definitely going to check that out. So Kyle, let's talk a little bit about Dallas, right? So a lot of us in the healthcare world have, have heard of you guys, but tell us a little bit more about your vision for IT and digital as it's derived from the overarching you know, mission of the organization. Yeah. So before I start about Zealous, so the, let me explain a little bit about the business. When in a complex healthcare environment today, we are striving to modernize the financial experience for payers, providers, and members. Simple example is when a bill goes from a provider to a payer, it goes through roughly 17 systems. That's how complex the system is, the ecosystem in general. And we are a subset of those systems. So we adjudicate the claim. And then we actually pay the claim once it is adjudicated. And then now we're also into it, explaining and empowering members and consumers like you and I to make decisions about how do you shop? How do you navigate? How do you pay? How do you get transference into payments? So we are striving to modernize that experience. So that's what Zealous does. In the context of that, what are some of the vision and challenges that we have to build the best modern contemporary structure and teams is my goal that can deliver upon those business goals that we have. The biggest challenges that we face is truly about expectation of growth and ability to continue delivering. So we typically at Zealous don't have a problem that other companies might have. We don't have usually talent problem. We don't have attrition problem. We don't have a recruitment problem. We have certainly going crazy with hiring, but we don't have a hiring problem. We don't have a budget problem. Our problem is speed and delivery. Our customers, we are extremely client-focused and client-centric, and the industry is moving at a fast pace. And so we have to deliver our solutions at a very, very fast pace. So some of the challenges that we deal with, some of the key initiatives that we have, apart from delivering the essential roadmap items that we do, is you know, some of the new AI and RPA in order to enable some of the speed and the need for delivery. For sure. What are any other key initiatives that you guys are focused on right now? Yeah. So delivering the best tools and technology that is fast and efficient. So using AI and RPA. So for example, today we have more than 100 bots running from a robotic process automation standpoint. We are using technology like AI, ML, and also exploring things like generative AI and chatbots to reduce the manual dependency of what we have. Our industry and our nature of the business is typically being more manual. And so we've been able to automate, we've been able to take, for example, RPA just in the last nine months from inception to over 100 bots running today that are aiding our associates do what machines can take over so that we can concentrate on higher cognitive stuff that needs to be done. So it's a huge success story for us. And that all happened just in the last nine months or so. Wow. That's super cool. What about some of the best practices you and your team follow? Yeah, it's a great question. So obviously we have general software development lifecycle processes and tools that enable the teams to do their jobs well. We also have a development team that figures out how to harmonize tools and processes. But this one I'm most proud of. We actually have something called a learning and development team for our own division. It's always been one of my dreams to create our own learning and development team. 
you know, why do technology people stay where they are? Of course, everybody can compete on salary and benefits, but they stay because they're learning and growing. Not only from the job, technologists are always hungry to learn more, as you and I are learning, <laughs> learning and doing right now. And so what did I do? I created a learning and development team just for technology purposes. We provide licenses for them to learn. We provide Wednesday Wisdoms. I would love for you to actually come talk to our team on a Wednesday Wisdom on what, how you do what you do. We have external speakers and thought leaders coming and talking to us. Then we have some technology experts, like whether it's Amazon or Azure or, or that. We take a bunch of technology licenses like Skillset Online and things like that, and we actually distribute those licenses. You know, So we provide mechanisms for you to do, have tuition reimbursement. We provide mechanisms for you to go do your degrees and diplomas. So one of the key things is it doesn't have to do anything with what you are doing today. It can be with mm. something that you want to learn for the future. So if I'm a technologist that is working on Amazon uh, technologies, then I want to learn about Microsoft. We say, yeah, please go ahead and learn. And here are the opportunities and here are the tools and here are the techniques and so on and so forth so that you can actually harness it. You, we don't expect you to use that just at Zealous. We expect you to use that in life in general. And we're happy to have you learn whatever you can learn and wherever you can use. That's really, really cool. Learning and development is just... So crucial. A lot of companies don't focus on it enough. So the fact that you built a dedicated program, I think is a big draw because it's showing that you care about the people that are working for you, right? Exactly. Or at least that's my perception. And so. Zellos particularly, you know, has a very sticky and important culture around our clients, but also around our associates. And so this just takes it to another level from a technology team standpoint. And I'm so glad to have the sponsorship of the board and the exec team. And, you know, they only encourage these initiatives that we have. So it is truly a blessing to have a company like this that is growing, that is also morphing and maturing, but also have the ability to have the tech team learn and grow. Yeah, super cool. So... Kali, I know we touched on AI and, you know, RPA, super innovative stuff, but any other innovative technologies or things that you guys are doing to support the business vision of the organization? I mean, I imagine you guys have a ton of data at your disposal. So what does that look like? Yeah, but the great question, David. We are sitting on about 15 petabytes of data. Just for a comparison standpoint, a petabyte of data can hold about 60 million claims. So 15 petabytes of data can hold about a trillion claims, roughly. That's the size of the data that we have access to. So we're actually creating advanced data analytics and predictive intelligence teams that can actually leverage that data to be able to help our clients. We're not planning to monetize the data. We're not planning to use it in any form or fashion that is untoward, but we are using it for the benefit of our clients and our solutions to predict and also provide insights, harness that power. You know, we do like a billion transactions a day. Just so billion transactions a day means that just from a comparison standpoint, all there are probably 6 billion all stock transactions a day. So, you know, we're doing a sixth of that amount of transactions. And so we are very transactional and hence predictive analytics data, data lakes. We've been able to implement our Snowflake technology to provide insights into the data that data assets that we have. So this is one of those innovative areas where it will yield benefits for our clients in a big way. Yeah. It's so cool that you guys are already so far along that journey. I know from my experience that, you know, that'll be a huge advantage to your customers. So last couple questions, Kali, as we wrap up here, my first would be, 
Where do you see the healthcare industry going in the future and or what do you think will be some of the biggest changes as time passes? And I know that's a pretty meta question, but, you know, however you want to take it, be curious to hear how you'd answer something like that. Yeah, my take is simply this from a technology standpoint, David. If you think about how many doctors and engineers and hospitality workers that we have in the world compared to our population, they would rank pretty high. But if you look at how many software engineers, coders there are in the world, there's only 0.3% of the entire world is software and coding. I say that because need for technology is growing and that'll only keep growing. Even in the advent of our smartphones, we want our smartphones to be smarter. This is not a smartphone anymore in 2023. In 2008, it was extremely smart. You know, now it makes me go through six steps to do one simple thing. And so the reason I say that is our hunger for technology, not only my hunger, but our general ecosystem hunger is growing. The number of software engineers is not, we cannot produce that many technologists and software engineers that will quench the thirst of technology for the entire world, so to speak. And so where are we headed? We are headed towards the acceleration of AI acceleration of machine learning, acceleration of RPA, acceleration of use, being able to use the technology to do more steps that the humans today are doing. You can see that in cars, you can see that in trains, you can see that in airplanes. And so you will see that in healthcare as well. That's my fundamental belief that as healthcare will not stop being complex, I don't think, but that is more ways to leapfrog from a technology standpoint to be able to have more and more technology serve that complex world to simplify that at least a little bit. So that's my prediction would be that we need to simplify the world and we need to simplify it with technology. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And I think it's important to note, so the people, it doesn't eliminate the need for the people, right? I think a lot of people are worried that, oh, with the advent of AI and bots and machine learning, oh, my role is going to go away. No, really, it's like things are accelerating so quickly that, you know, you're going to be more important than ever. It's just your role might shift slightly where some of the things you were concerned about, you won't need to be concerned about anymore. You'll get to focus on A, providing context to whatever the AI comes back with, right? Because there are certain things that currently just most AI can't fathom, right? So my job to provide the context and then the subject matter expertise on top of that. But I think you're right. It'll solve for some of the just shortages, for lack of a better word, in different areas of work. Yeah. In other words, I'll put it another way. So today, everybody, including us, personal life and a professional life are doing literally the must-do stuff because you don't have time to do the nice-to-do stuff. You don't have the time to enjoy that extra five minutes. So if you think about yourself from a life standpoint, if you had five extra minutes that technology could give you, what would you do? You would probably say, I spend more time with my family. I spend more time maybe meditating. I must spend more time maybe thinking. You know, So that is exactly what is happening from a technology standpoint as well. And we shouldn't be afraid of turning more and more things to technology and machines so that we can do more cognitive stuff that humans are built to do. Technology will never be able to do more than about maybe 5, 10% of humans, what humans can do. And, but today we're only probably doing 0.1% of what we do. So there's probably multiples and multiples of what technology can do, but there's a cap to all that. And so, but if you can give time back, 
in your personal life and your professional life and for healthcare and make it less complex, trust me, there's plenty of stuff that we all can do to live a better and a happy life. Love it. Well said. So final question, Kali, would be if you could go back 5, 10, or even 15 years in time, what advice would you give your younger self? So, I mean, apart from all the key learnings that I've had, you know, some of this is what I would say. Don't sweat the small stuff. Look at the big picture. Embrace the challenges and enjoy the journey more than the destination. Because the more you embrace the challenges and you treat them as your daily life, the more you are at peace about that is what you're designed to do. That is what you're capable of doing. That is what you're capable of overcoming. And then looking at the big picture, we all, for most part, have beautiful lives. I'm not saying they're less of challenges. Everybody has divorces and kids and families and deaths and life, but it's still a blessing. It is still something for us to cherish. Human race, look at COVID. Yes, there's been a lot of trouble and a lot of turmoil, but human race came through. Now we came through in ways that we've never imagined that we could come through. So yeah. if human race stopped at COVID as a challenge, well, then you know, there's no future. So if you take that as an example, embrace the challenge, but also embrace the journey, embrace the big picture that you were in and you know, how blessed we all are despite all our challenges that we have. Love that. Kali, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on today. Thank you so much for taking the time. David, it's been a real pleasure. A great conversation. And I really can't thank you enough for having me and, you know, giving me an opportunity to, you know, just have an honest chat. Absolutely. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in and we will catch you all next week. Thank you for listening to the Disruptive Innovators Champions of Digital Business podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review and subscribe to enjoy future episodes. This episode is brought to you by Disruptive Innovations, a leading tech consulting firm that helps enterprise organizations with their IT strategy, process optimization, and workflow improvement. Contact them and find out more at disruptiveinnovations.net.